Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to the How to Live Podcast Uncut. Today is a very practical, very simple um, information podcast sharing. And this, this podcast is about caring about someone enough to confront. And I want to go through some of the basic skills of, of confrontation and to touch base with the difference between confrontation and conflict, because they are not the same thing. So this is uh, caring enough for someone to confront. And honestly, you don't confront someone you don't care about. So that's kind of an important factor. And let me tell you the difference between uh, uh, confrontation and conflict before we begin. So you can see if you even want to listen. Confrontation literally means with the front in terms of the breakdown of the etymology, so the, the Latin derivative, with the front, con with, frontation, front. So it means shoulder to shoulder. And so if you picture yourself standing beside someone, and a confrontation is actually a request. It's me sharing my request of the other person and asking them to look at something that's in front of both of us. So it's really a request to consider. An ask, an asking to look, uh, 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 to 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 see. Conflict is really what we fear. It's with infliction, with flicting, so to speak. It's it's uh, power face to face. It is what it seems. It is uh, offensive. It is uh, a uh, an affront, uh, different from confrontation. A conflict is about power. And having to defend, confrontation is invitation, and asking for growth. So this is how uh, it works. So when someone really matters to us, it starts out with, we desire good for that person. We want good for them. We want good for them because even the recognition that they're good for them means also good for us. Wanting good for someone however, requires that we take emotional risks when we see that a friend or a loved one is involved in behaviors that we know are harmful or wrong to them, but also harmful and wrong in terms of the impact on us. So that means that we care enough about this person that we need to be willing to confront. So confronting is scary. Uh, it, it's sort of like it, it sort of breaks the so, social communication, social norms of sending signals to communicate certain needs we have for other people to act in a certain way without us having to take the risk of being vulnerable enough to tell the truth about what's really happening inside of us. And that sounds confusing and complex because it is because social communication sort of suggestions and demands that we read signals to act a certain way, it is complex and it is confusing. And when it comes to people you care about, very unnecessary. 
In fact, it ends up creating complication out of something that can be fairly simple if we dare. So anyway, confronting is scary because most of most of us, I would say all of us, have experienced loss of relationship when we cared enough to confront. In other words, the person that we asked or invited to take a look at something, instead of having willingness, their toxic shame was aroused. They heard themselves being accused, attacked, and told that they were sort of unlovable or worthless or inadequate or incompetent instead of that we hungered for them to have gain or growth or multiplication or addition in their lives. Even though that they are scary, and even though we have had experiences happen that we wish were otherwise, active love is actually expressed through being truthful. Honest and truthful are two different things. Honest is me sharing what I think of you and what usually is pretty obvious that you see about yourself. Confrontation isn't about me sharing about what I see of you. It's sharing my insights about what I feel related to what I see. So confrontations are actually about me, which we're going to take a look at. Anyway, active love is expressed through being truthful, even when we risk being rejected. So that's real love, that we take the risk of knowing that we may not be received, yet we care enough about the well-being of the other that we're willing to be in pain related to it. Therefore, it is helpful to know how to confront in ways that offer the best chances of us being received well. And like I say, most people remember, as I said, think that uh, or mistakenly think that confrontation and conflict are the same things, but they're not. Conflict, again, is about power over someone. Confrontation is about vulnerability towards someone. The one doing the confronting is actually offering an invitation that can be turned down. Thus, the one doing the confronting is vulnerable. The one doing the confrontation is the one taking the risk of sharing their inner experience about someone else's external behavior. So confrontation takes courage. Healthy confrontation involves the following um, basic structure. And there are four movements in the basic structure of a confrontation. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. Begin all confrontations, number one, begin all confrontations with I statements. I, 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 I. Doing so clearly indicates that you are talking about your own experience of the other person's behavior. When you begin or when we begin a confrontation with you, it automatically arouses defensiveness in the other person because this other person just like you yourself and me, we've heard you many times in our lives and you often has a finger pointed at us instead of a door open to us. So you arouses defensiveness in the other person and it lowers the chances of being heard. So when we talk about ourselves, 
we actually attract the other person's tendency to listen. I say it again, using I often attracts the, the other person's tendency to listen. So begin with I statements, number one. Number two, follow I statements with the actual feeling that you have about the other person's behavior. Now, when I talk about feelings, I'm referring to the book, The Voice of the Heart, and the eight feelings that a person has that I believe speak the most truthful, core, foundational, emotional experiences that we, we have as humans. So when you say I and you say I feel, you're going to be sharing one of those core truths. And if you're not sharing sort of like the foundational truth, then you probably have some, some um, uh, let's just say, uh, agenda-oriented uh, contamination in the confrontation because you're not actually speaking out of the fullness of your own vulnerability. So, so you follow the, with the, your own feelings. For example, I feel sad or I feel lonely or I feel afraid means that you are clearly talking about your own experience of the other person's behavior. You have opened your heart to the other person by exposing your own feelings. So first, number one, I, number two, your own feelings. And it's, it, remember, it's I feel and you name the feeling. It's not I feel that because that's just a slick way of saying you, you, uh, I feel like you are, you are. And then, and then you are this way and that makes me feel, which means automatically you're given your heart's, your heart and its, um, uh, results to the power of the other person, which is blame instead of taking ownership of your own feelings about the other person's behavior, which is responsibility. Because the truth is we don't make people feel we influence each other, but we're not gods. So we don't, and people aren't puppets, so we don't move their hearts around at our own whims. We do influence, and the greatest influence is love, but we don't make people feel. So taking ownership is number two. Once you've spoken, number three, once you've spoken the emotional impact, the emotional influence, what's going on in your heart with the other person's behavior, you're talking about your insides related to their outsides, then, then at that point, you tell them specifically where your feelings are coming from. I feel sad, one and two together. Number three, when you, and you name the behavior. I feel sad when you tell me that you were, would be here at four o'clock and it's 4.30. Or I feel angry and hurt when you tell me that you're, you're gonna come by yourself for us to eat together and we're not going to have other guests I, because I thought from that standpoint, you and I were going to just sort of have each other during that time. So I feel hurt and angry when suddenly you add somebody on to our, our um, lunch plans or supper plans and uh, you didn't let me know ahead of time. That's a confrontation. That's an expression of love. That's an expression of care. That's an expression of need. And that's an expression of hope related to the other person because we do confrontations to increase intimacy so that, that it, a bond that can be broken can be reconciled or um, a limit that has been established can be expanded for more. 
So let me repeat one, two, and three. Number one, I statements. Number two, name feelings. Number three, share those, that I statement and the feelings about specific behaviors you see. In other words, you're not inside their heads. You're not naming what their agenda was. You're not inventory taking about what they were thinking. You're not telling them you know what they were doing. You're staying outside their skin. It's you're the one showing them inside you. You're showing your insides to their outsides with hope that their insides will be shared with you. Number four, next, you add the specific behavior you see or hear. I feel sad and scared when I see you drink and then demand to drive. Or I feel hurt when you say sarcastic things like, I wanted you to come with me because you're no competition to me. Or I felt sad and angry when I saw you take off your wedding ring before we went into the party last night. And that could be a friend talking to a friend. It could even tragically be a spouse talking to a spouse. Or we can even say, I felt afraid when you were talking to Tyrone. And then when he left, you started talking bad about him. I fear you could do that to me. So you see the confrontation, I feel, I feel one and two. Number three, when you, and you're prepared to name the behavior. Four, you name the behavior with the experience that goes with it. So one, I, two, feel, three, behavior, and the, the story that goes with that behavior, four. When confronting, the I feel when you always follows, like I say again, with a specific behavior that you've seen or you've heard. Naming the specific behavior gives the person being confronted an opportunity to see exactly what you're talking about. And it gives them a chance to see, feel, and face themselves. So a confrontation really ultimately is asking them to remember and holding a mirror up to their memory and to consider the consequences of their actions. If, if, if they see, the person you're confronting sees and feels and faces their behaviors, they may follow up with a desire to change. No matter what follows, whether it's successful or not successful, no matter what follows, you, the confronter, you know that you have loved the person you care about, love them enough to risk your own heart for their good. And it tells them that you care enough to risk loss to give them that love. That really is a mark of you being a good friend or you being a good spouse or you being a good care person. If you care enough to confront using the structure, I feel blank, whatever the feeling is, when you, the behavior blank, then you've, you've just done two things. First, you've offered the greatest opportunity to be received from you. In other words, you're, you're presenting the truth about you. And there's no way that a person can disagree when you're standing on your own land, talking about your own land. You can't be wrong talking about I, that's you, feel, it's yours, seeing naming what you saw, even if you were mistaken in terms of the the specific details of what you saw, but you see what you see. And then, so number one, it offers the the greatest opportunity for you, the confronter, to be received. And number two, second, it ensures that the person who is uh, risking their heart, the confronter, they're remaining specific, they're truthful and merciful rather than accusing or judgmental. So number one, 
the person doing the confronting, they're being truthful. They're taking ownership and you can't be mistaken when you're talking about your own land. And then number two, it allows you to be specific and merciful. And so that you know that you're not accusing and you're not being judgmental. So when that person you've confronted starts to struggle with, say, uh, acting as if they're being accused or acting as if they're being judged, you can say, whoa, just a minute. Whoa, whoa, just a minute. I'm not saying that that I'm judging, nor am I accusing. I'm just telling you what I saw. I'm telling you what I felt. And I'm telling it to you from me. And I'm saying these things because I care. So either way, I'm going to love you. And I just wanted this for you. So caring enough to confront, I'll repeat, requires four things. And like I say, they're scary. But doing so, you have self-respect and you know you care about a person and you know you can be truthful with the person and the person can't help on some level. Know down inside if they're available for relationship that you had the courage to care. So number one, confrontation starts with I, taking ownership. Number two, it's, it's secondly, you share your heart, but you share the truth of your heart, which is, the, which is your own feelings. Number three, you, you move into when you and you're going to be specific about the behavior. And number four, you name the behavior specifically and the story that goes with it. And it's vital to remember that you don't tell a person what's going on in their head. You don't reach over into their land and tell them what they're feeling, what they're thinking or what their agenda was. Even though you may think that you need to clean it up before you go into judgment, judgmentalism and accusation, because I tell you, it rarely works. Rarely have it, has it worked in my marriage or my friendships or my acquaintanceships. Um, and then beyond that, I don't do confronting because honestly, if you don't value a person, confronting them is um, you don't have the relationship uh, currency to be able to do it successfully. So really, it's just about boundaries at that point, just straight up boundaries. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, God bless you and um, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.